May the words of my mouth and meditation of all of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Kevin Bully brought home a little mixed-breed dog that he had picked up at the pound for his children, rescued him from uh, destruction, and brought him home to his, his uh, kids and family. They loved the dog and named him Patty. Made him part of the family. Everyone thought Patty was just the best thing ever. Patty uh, sort of settled into life and uh, lived in the Bully family and, um, and you know, kind of picked up his habits like dogs do. One of them was that he loved to chase neighborhood cats. And so one day, there he was, took off after a cat running down the street when he lets out this big yelp and comes up lame. Nothing seemed to trip him or anything, and he he hobbled home, and he was showered with love and affection by the children. And and, uh, Kevin and his wife look at this. uh, This little dog is obviously in pain, and they take him to the, the, the animal hospital, to the ER. Turns out the little dog tore his ACL in his rear leg. And, um, and so, yeah, he has to undergo surgery. And so, yes, of course, this is our family pet. Take him, do surgery on him. Mr. Bully got a bill about a week later, $3,000 to repair the rear knee of this little dog. And so they loved on him and took care of him and did what you would do, reached down in there and pulled out the checkbook and <laughs> swallowed hard and, uh, and paid that bill. And about a month or two later, little Patty had healed up from his, um, his injury, from his surgery. He was outside doing what dogs do when, um, when he saw a cat run down the street. And don't you know, the instinct took over and there he was, boom, right down the road again. And about a hundred yards or so, he lets out a yelp, comes up lame, the other leg. Comes back home, is showered with love and sympathy by the children. Less love and sympathy by the uh, father. But it's obvious that little Patty is in need of um, a vet again. And so they take him in to the ER at the animal hospital. And wouldn't you know it, he tore his other ACL. And there was another bill for another $3,000. And this free little dog turns out to be the most expensive dog in the whole neighborhood. And the dog's knees today are fine, you'll be happy to know, but I think Kevin Bully is still a little weak in his knees, don't you? Have you ever felt weak in the knees? You know, it's, it's this idiom we use when you're kind of hit by this sudden sudden sense of surprise or shock. Um, you know, uh, I mean, it's, a, it's an idiom, a metaphor, but it, it actually literally happens. You know, there have been people, it hasn't happened to any of the weddings I've done, but there have been, there have been weddings where the groom has, you know, got weak in the knees and fell to the ground right there. I'll be honest with you, I'm still kind of waiting on that one, you know. Um, I think I would get weak in the knees if I had a $6,000 vet bill. The, the truth is, I think my dog would have a really bad limp is what really would be happening. But <laughs> Please don't tell my children I said that, all right? Maybe, maybe if you walked out onto the observation deck at the Empire State Building, you know, you would get a little weak in the knees. It would be a little surprising, shocking. Um, maybe uh, they say that you know some people get really weak in the knees when they see a, an extremely attractive person like a movie star or a dashingly handsome priest. Um, why are you laughing? Or a movie star, you know? I mean, imagine, imagine coffee hour today if, if Jennifer Lopez had shown up to church this morning. Uh, yeah, or, or, 
Or, or imagine if, if George Clooney or, I don't know, Brad Pitt or somebody, I think I'd have to call an ambulance for some of you, and uh, you know, get a little weak in the knees. Maybe you, maybe you go to the mailbox tomorrow and, and pull out an envelope. I, it, it won't happen. But maybe if you did and it said, from the internal revenue surface. Oh, you know, that would get you a little weak in the knees, wouldn't it? Uh, or, or, maybe, um, or maybe you found out that you inherited what you thought was a 5,000 shares in a little farm. And it turns out that it's Apple Computer instead. Um, that might make you... And then maybe you got your pledge card from the church in the mail the same day. That would be... That'd be good, too. Um, you know, sometimes it's, it's just something that surprises you or shocks you or, or kind of going to get you off balance a little bit. It can kind of make you literally weak in the knees. St. Paul writes this letter to the church in Philippi in the fourth chapter in our lesson today. And he actually says, I want the opposite to happen to you. I don't want you to get weak in the knees. I want you to stand firm in the Lord. I mean, the idiom is, is actually kind of works together, doesn't it? I mean, it's the, it's the polar opposite. The antithesis of being weak in the knees is standing firm. The, the word he uses literally means to stand heavy, to, to be kind of weighted down like a boulder. Uh, you could, uh, you know, those scenes on the Weather Channel when the hurricane comes in Florida, and and there's the guy out there lashed to the truck, you know, and and you know what he looks like, his hair's going everywhere, and um, and it's just moving like one big thing, and uh, and, and the, the palm trees are down, you know, the waves are splashing in, you see some crazy guy out there on a surfboard, you know that scene, right? And, and then maybe you see. You see in that picture this boulder that's kind of on the beach or or a decorative one by the front of some driveway. And you know, you know if you saw a before and after picture, that boulder is going to be right there. Everything else, shingles can be tore off houses, screen doors gone, shutters torn, but that boulder is going to be right there, isn't it? That's what Paul means. I want you to be like a boulder in the middle of the world so that no matter what comes... No matter what comes your way, you can stand firm. The old King James has it, stand fast. I like that. Some of the newer translations try to interpret the translation instead of just translate it. Stay true to the Lord, my friends. Or, or Peterson's version says this, don't waver, stay on track, steady with God. Stand firm. Stand heavy. You know, that no matter what comes your way, good or bad, because there are going to be times in your life where you're going to be filled with joy. And sometimes you're going to be filled with grief. There are going to be times where you're going to be cheered as the champion. And other times where you're ridiculed as the villain. One day you might be on the top of the world. The next day you might be picking yourself up off the floor. And Paul says, listen, be ready. Be ready for all eventualities so that you can stand firm. Stay on track. Okay, well that's fantastic. Now tell me how. How do you do that? How do you stand firm? First, don't let anyone steal your joy. It's right there in the text, wasn't it? Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. Always? (laughs) Really? Every time? All the time? You want me to? Re- I don't always feel like rejoicing, Saint Paul. Um, maybe my dog tore his ACL and I got a six thousand dollar vet bill. Well, rejoice in the Lord always. Well, maybe someone I love is ill, and I sure don't feel like throwing a party. Maybe uh, a relationship is strained. 
Maybe I laid off my job or having some other sort of trying time. I, 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 I'm struggling. I don't feel like rejoicing. Rejoice in the Lord always. Not when it's convenient or easy or whatever. Rejoice in the Lord always. Now I know, I know that there are people who struggle with depression. And I'm not going to try to heap guilt. I promise you I'm not. I know what that's like. I know what it's, I know what it's like not to, to, uh, to feel good and, and to want to. But you just can't. Emotions aren't like a, a, a spigot, are they? You can't just turn them on and turn them off. That's not what Paul is saying. He's not saying pretend like everything is good when it's not. Rather, rejoice. Look at the look at the preposition. Remember that all those times in the fifth grade, you thought it wasn't going to count. It does. It counts today. Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. Not rejoice in, in your circumstances. Don't pretend like things are good when they're not. But remember, we are not the victims of malicious people or capricious circumstances. We are the people of God. Bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. We will never be abandoned by the Lord in this world or the next. So when tough times come, and they will, stand fast. Rejoice in the Lord. Know that He's going to take you through it. My mother used to say, come hell or high water, we're going to make it through this. I don't know what that meant, but I think she's right, you know. We're going to make it through this. No matter what difficulty we face. Second, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. That's what, what my translation says, your reasonableness. Tough word here, reasonableness. Every translation has it different. It used to be gentleness. I think it's translated differently because we don't really mean the same thing by gentle as we used to. Now it, gentle means like, ooh, you know, she's very fragile. Be gentle with her, you know, or, or you know, very, very, very light-handed. And, and it sort of means that. But that's not really what it's at. Gentleness here is about, is about um, being, being forbearing. Allowing people to have different opinions without making them fit your idea. It's why in Congress they refer to one another as the gentleman from Ohio or the gentlewoman from Texas because they're supposed to be able to agree reasonably. They could disagree reasonably. You could be, I don't know whatever happened to that, but the idea is still there, isn't it? To get along, that, that sometimes we have to forbear with one another. Have a spirit of generosity. Even among us, a generous orthodoxy. Where we treat one another fairly and, and gently. Don't become harsh. Don't become judgmental. You want to stand firm in the Lord? Don't let anyone steal your joy. Don't become harsh. Don't become judgmental. And don't become anxious. Do not be anxious about anything. Don't be anxious. You know, he's all these qualifying terms. If he just said, don't usually be anxious, I can get along with that. But some of you are just like me. You saw this one coming. You thought I was going to steer around it, but I didn't. Don't be anxious about anything. Any wor- um, don't, don't, don't put your hand up. Any worry words in here? I know there are. Because I'm one too. I think the world needs me to worry. It helps it out a little bit, don't you think? I, I got to carry these burdens. We worry about all sorts of things. And I worry about what I'm going to have to worry about sometimes. Do you ever do that? I don't know what's going what's to happen tomorrow. Um, worry about our children, our parents, our neighbors, our friends. We worry about the weather. 
You know, who oh, the baseball game going to come off tomorrow? You know, worry about our sports teams and our health and the economy and who's going to win the next election. And oh, don't we worry about money? We're going to have enough. Pay those bills. Paul says, don't worry about. What does he say? Don't anything. Any, and this man is impossible. You want to yell at the Bible sometimes, don't you? Are you serious? Do you know where I, I mean, what, are you sitting on a beach with a coconut and an umbrella in it, you know? What kind of world does he live in? He lives in a world where he's in prison. And he's facing execution. That's the kind of world he lives in. And he says to us, don't worry about anything. But instead, do what? But in everything, but in everything, and with prayer and supplication and with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Don't worry. Not be happy. Don't worry. Pray. Tell God about your struggles. Tell Him about your needs and your wants and about the things that you're uncertain about. Paul's advice in this world, if you're going to stand firm, is very, well, it's very unconventional, isn't it? Rejoice. Be gentle with people. Trust in God. Life is tough, so rejoice. (laughs) People are cruel, so you be gentle. The world is full of pain, but don't worry. Mother Teresa had this um, poem hanging up on the the orphanage in, in Calcutta. It's called Anyway. It was, uh, it was written by uh, Kent Keith in a book called the, the Paradoxical Commandments. Anyway, people are unreasonable, illogical, and self-centered. Love them anyway. If you do good, people will accuse you of selfish ulterior motives. Do good anyway. If you are successful, you win false friends and true enemies. Succeed anyway. The good you do today will be forgotten tomorrow. Do good anyway. Honesty and frankness make you vulnerable. Be honest and frank anyway. What you spend years building may be destroyed overnight. Build it anyway. People really need help, but may attack you if you help them. Help people anyway. Give the world the best you have and you'll get kicked in the teeth. Give the world the best you've got anyway. You see, in the final analysis, it is between you and God. It was never between you and them anyway. Amen.